Okay, we are live. Episode 129. We got a good one. I mean, a couple good looking cats on here. I don't even, I, I shouldn't, I don't even know if I should be on this thing. I should have let somebody else. It doesn't matter. That's a whole side. Uh, Bilal Sadiq with Bolani Foods. Ryan Pintado Vertner with Smoketown. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. All right, Bilal, let's rock and roll. I've had the product, so I, I know it. Uh, Bay Area. Yay, area. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> when did it start? What's it all about? So Balani started in 2003, and we started from our garage. We went to one farmer's market. One grew to three, four, five. We went to about 100 farmer's market at one point. We grew the business through primarily farmer's markets, and we thought that's all we were going to be. And then in 2007, Whole Foods picked us up. We were in three regions. And 2010, 11, we went into Costco. We grew in three regions. And then unfortunately, in 2000, we had a manufacturing plant in L.A. And in 2016, my mom got sick first, and I knew I needed to get away from the business. So we gave it to a big conglomerate to kind of uh, kind of give us a licensee deal. And it just wasn't a good fit. And for about 11 to months to a year, we didn't produce. And in 2018, my brother kind of, uh, I thought I was done, but my brother kind of uh, started the company back up. And then I joined them and we kind of started from scratch, one farmer's market. So we're basically a 20 year old company that's only three years old. I and did not know any of that actually, yeah. uh, which is really gonna set this up perfectly then. Um, so first off, give us three or four products, your core products, so that those that are watching us understand what you make. Yeah, so what we make is a filled flatbread. One is probably the most popular one is spinach. And it's like a thin flaky bread with spinach filling inside. It's delicious. And then uh, we make a basil pesto that's vegan. It's We use almonds. Uh, most of the produce that we use in our product are from farmers and locally sourced here in the Bay Area are in the central valley um so i have a lot of good relationships with them so the product is very vibrant there it's very fresh there's no can no fillers give us a sense way back in the day when you said it was started then your mom was involved you were involved maybe some other family members are um in that transition where somebody else took it over did they just start handing you a royalty of some sort and they were fully operating it or did you guys stay on a little bit no so they were fully operating it they uh so when we first started it was my mom me we made it and basically i had a cargo van and i would load up i would do 11 farmers markets so i would start in davis then tahoe city then i would drive to los angeles for the weekend and a bunch of people would meet me in a motel like salespeople, and I would load up their trucks in the motel. I'd pay the motel guy like $200 to use his eyes. And uh, he was doing, I was doing all these farmer's markets. And every Monday I was coming back from LA, back to the Bay Area, and then do two markets a day, um, every day. And then from there we went to growing into stores. And then when I gave it to the conglomerate, it was just, you know, you guys take over everything, send me a royalty check. But unfortunately it just wasn't the right fit. They didn't produce the right product and we mutually, part of ways but in the meantime you know no no shelf is going to stay open for you 
So if you don't produce for two months, one month, they're gonna cancel you. So we lost all the business. We went from 14 million in sales to zero in sales. It's, it's good context as well. So um, as far as this being sh as shelf-stable, non-shelf-stable, right? This is refrigerated. So there's also that element. Even back in the day to where it is today, it's the same thing. So it's fresh product, it's gotta stay fresh. There's a, I don't know, a 30 day or give, give me some context there as far as, as far as shelf. So when we first started, we only had a 21 day shelf life to 30 days, depending on over time, we rose that up to 30 days. Um, but now since we've reformulated and we've learned some new processes to pasteurize, we are up to about a hundred day shelf life, which is a game changer. I bet. I bet. I want to talk about farmers markets for a second. Sure. Back in the day versus today, but let's again, it's it's the same thing. It's a hand-to-hand -hand transaction. You're making product, you're selling product. They're handing you cash. Would you say that there's still a viable business to be had? May not be at scale yet, but is there a viable cash flowing business? to be had if you were able to have a really great product, have purpose, passion, maybe some family members who are in this thing to help a little bit, to get out there and really create some sort of first block, right, mechanism. Does it work? It definitely works. So not only do you get the hand-to-hand -hand contact, not only do you get to build a brand and you get this awareness that you don't get on a store shelf, but like you said, you get to grow and if you are profitable and your product sells and you can do a lot of farmer's markets and you're willing to bust your butt, um, you can not take on it. It could be your investor. So you getting cash flow all the time. Oh, I got Expo West. I need 7,000. Oh, the weekend's going to bring me 12 grand. Here you go, Expo West. Oh, I need to do a repackaging. It's going to cost me 15,000. Oh, two, farmers, two weeks of farmer's market. I'll have the money ready. You know, so it's definitely a... A good tool. I'm going to say something, yeah. and this is going to, I, I might have to clip this. I don't think that there's a lot of people out there who will do it. Well, I, I, I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to make a bold statement, and this may hurt some feelings and all that. I think that that hustle mentality is lost on people today. I think that there is, when you see Expo West, I, I, and please, if you re, if you just heard this and you're watching it, I'll put it in there. If you if you think differently, because you know me, just give it. It's all good. I'm saying this with love. If you were to take a look at those thousands of booths, right? How many of those founders would go out there and hustle? How many of those people are going to go to Oakland, California? Oakland, sorry. Um, and get and, and go put the booth and go and make a thousand dollars in a day. I don't I don't think that there's very many. I'm not saying because they're not grinders, right? Like that they're not down to get you know get into this thing and make things happen. It's because the industry has created this dialogue, right? This storyline that like you can just put out products, raise five million, and boom, you're in Kroger's. It's, it's not how it works. And, and if anything, most to all of those businesses are out of business. Now, let me get my thoughts back here for a second because I want to go back into this. Today, do you guys, 
do farmers markets? And if so, how many do you do? We do about 55 farmers markets a week. And you are totally right. You're to your point about, you know, you know, I, I just want to say one thing is besides just being a cash flow and you working hard, I'll tell you two things that I've noticed over the years. One, every store account I ever got that was a major retailer, that being Costco or Whole Foods, I got it at a farmer's market. The buyer came to the market, saw my booth was jamming, saw me jamming, and they came up and they said, here's my card, call me for an appointment. And that's how I got into those retailers. And two, when I was at Expo West walking the floor, I saw a lot of amazing boots. But one thing that I realized that we have uh, that separates us is we do so many farmers markets. We're just good at engaging with people and we're good at selling to people. So people will come like, wow, you guys are good at this because I do this every day for 18 years. So uh, that's that fact. You. That's a, fact. Founder, you know? Is that your mom? Is that your who? Okay, yes. good. I met her. I know it. You guys have this thing. I met met her. I knew it right away. There is something familiar. I'm going to use that word. Familiar with your brand, your ethos, your aura, your physicality, your touch. That is what many want to and have as a desire when building a brand. I call it an emotional connection. Everybody, I've used this before, I don't, I have to use it. Everybody wants to be Tony the Tiger. I, I doesn't, you don't need to eat sugar cereal. I don't really care. Everybody wants to be Tony the Tiger when you brand build. They, they've done an amazing job in generations, right? Where when you open up the cabinet, Tony the Tiger gives you a sense of familiarity, number one. Two, it gives you something that everybody wants, which is a sense of happiness. You kind of smile when you see it. It's because when we were kids, we, even though I didn't really have that, but when we were kids, we knew what it was, what it, you know, when it came across the television or whatever it is. And then, you know, and then now it goes to the next generation. I'm, I'm using this as an example, but when, a family like yours, where there's this really great attitude, positivity, likeness, it's really impactful. It's super valuable. And just a shot, I just want to give a shout out on that. I, I, I'm with you that what you just said, it, it, makes, it, it not only makes a lot of sense, it's something that people should be listening to. I want to go now from where like that farmer's market mentality to retail for products like yours. What's the first step for some of those who are listening? Let's kind of talk about the now, right? You're, you're, you're starting again. What are those first few steps um, and what and how do you make it successful on shelf? Uh, especially if maybe you are out, gonna go outside of that one region that you might be in where people are like, I know that guy, I saw him before, right? I was at that farmer's market. My, my mom saw him. Like, how do you do, what's the next steps on that? So the next steps I think is uh, a natural one is, uh, you know, local stores. Like we're here in the Bay Area, Molly Stones, Brooklyn Bowl, you know, uh, you know, Andronico's. And you work with those natural players and you build a relationship and you see how the product does 
on itself. And then you kind of learn, you, you know, you use those places to learn. So, you know, you learn about promo calendars, you learn about demo programs, you learn about uh, BOGOs and all these words you have no idea about, but you learn those things. And then from there, you start to use other regional players. Maybe it could be a broker, a merchandiser, an influencer, and you start to go to other regions. And I think if you have a unique enough product, which I know we do, I think it's, uh, it's something that's an easy win and it'll grow naturally and then it's the bigger question once you get all those accounts and you grow it's producing those products and executing those products because it's easy to get truckload accounts but uh in a sense but uh, once you get them it's even harder to uh to manage them brick by brick uh, this is one of only a few of 129 right where it really is not just startup, but you're creating something first, like really creating sales first, hand to hand, creating a little bit of cash flow. I loved that reference where you said Expo West, seven grand. Let me go hustle for that real quick. Nobody understands that. I mean, I it's, I don't need. It's not like I did. I didn't go. I'm the first. I'm not bringing. I didn't bring puffs over to the Marin County. You know, you probably you come over here probably too. Yeah, huh? I do. Shout, Shout out, out Marin. Um, so, um, you. It's it's so this one's a valuable one. I I hope people contact you and and ask you a few questions because I really do think it can create. A, a, another wave of how these businesses are started because there's that element then this last this second piece that you just said which is hey i mean we could go get a bunch of accounts because people don't understand that too you really can you got a decent product maybe you're out there people you have a contact here or there it's one thing to get on shelf how do you turn that it's how that's how people go really majority besides lack of capital, meaning they don't even get there. They don't even get to that second or third base because they ran out of cash and they don't have access to capital. Bing, 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 bing. Yeah, I said it. Um, two um, is they have a business that has some tracking of some sort and they just don't realize, wait, we went from Molly Stone's natural boom and then they wanted to go into like a conventional-esque type thing where maybe their customer is not living. And they, they fork over that slotting and they, you know, you just talked about promotionals and people don't understand about trade spend and they don't under, oh, wait, what? What do you mean? Okay. Now, where are you guys at now versus where you think you can see the business, let's say end of 22? Like, what are you tracking for that as far as growth and where you want to be? Sure. So we're, uh, we're hoping to get uh, some, maybe some national distribution going. We're in KE, Unify, Tony's, and we're, uh, we're working towards landing some major deals. So we had a lot of interest at Expo West and Fancy Food. So we're hoping by end of 22, we should be back to where we were. We'll, we'll be hopefully in Costco soon and uh, working on Whole Foods and talking to Target. So those are some accounts that I'm going to zero in and try to grow, obviously, with the natural channels. But, you know, end of the day, uh, you know, we're building the boat. We just built a, almost a 12,000 square feet facility here in Concord, California. 
Um, because once I know you get on the ocean, you don't got time to fix your boat. So I know the ocean's coming for Bolani, and I say that because I've been on that ocean before. I just uh, I want to make sure the boat is ready so I can execute and do it, uh, you know, the right way. I really like that. I like the boat thing, the ocean thing, the analogy. I, I say I've said this a few with a few products that I've had prior to shows or maybe during where I'm just like, it's an ama- it's a really amazing product. Uh, shout out Adam. He, I think he said it post the show. He's like, you know, those guys over Bonnie. I'm like, that's my guy. Don't talk. Don't ask me questions like that. It's my, to my family over there. That's right. He's like, they have, that's a good product. And I'm like, it is a good product. I'm saying this so they can see me say this to these few other retailers. You guys should be taking, it's a really good product. Totally. Thank you. Shout out, dude. I, I like what you guys are doing. We'll be in touch at post-show. Uh, Bilal's info will be at the end and all that good stuff. Ryan? Yo. First good of looking, all. Good looking cat. <laughs> when I saw him cop up, I was like, I didn't, I didn't even try to do something here. I didn't anyway. I can't. Listen, I'll, I'll let you keep saying that if you want to. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> uh, we're talking Smoketown. Give yeah. it to us. Thank you for the time. First of all, I just got to like shout out Bilal. 55 farmers markets every every all of the dimes that you were just dropping my friend like well done i agree with mark i hope i hope that your linkedin dm just lights up because you just slayed um so thank you for having me uh let me tell you a little bit about what smoketown does so smoketown helps mission-driven brands make the marketing choices that will maximize their growth but also maximize their positive impact on the world without one of those things compromising the other. Um, put another way, once you get on the shelf and you have to actually turn and figure out the marketing choices necessary to turn and turn effectively and build brand value, that's core to what we do. Uh, we do two things really well within that. One of them is that we provide fractional CMO services for brands that are at that point where they need seasoned brand leadership, but it's just not the right time to bring that in-house. Um, our entire team, of CMOs have over 10 years of CPG experience. So we know what we're doing. Um, uh, Examples of our clients, Revive Drinks and Beverages, Hustle Clean and Personal Care, DB's Organics and Food. So that's one piece of the business. Second piece of the business um, is that we are nerds about brand strategy, innovation strategy, consumer insights. Uh, We really obsess over brand positioning, innovation, growth, And we have all in our mindset with all of that is to be deeply anchored in consumer empathy. Consumer empathy is the idea that you really understand the problem that you solve in the consumer's life and you can build a value proposition around that in an obsessive way. We go go, uh, wild for that. Uh, Examples of clients, purely Elizabeth and food, Steve's and beverages, wild earth dog food. Uh, So yo, if if you wanna nerd out, with me. Um, I love having these conversations. Hit me up, Ryan at smoketownstrategy.com. Happy to have a conversation with anybody. I'll be, I'll be putting that info in there. Um, I Good stuff. Um, I also just noticed, does that say Alameda in the back? Are you here in the Bay? I'm not, but, but I lived in the Bay for 20 years. So all of the, listen, the town. <laughs> you, the, you, the got town it. you got all that. <laughs> I, was, I was picking up what you were putting down. Let's okay. do it that way. All right. Ryan's info, Bilal's info. Thank you, gents.
Be well Thank this you. week. Appreciate it. Thank you.